At AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored for your business needs. Specializing in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. To elevate your business, visit ajproducts.ie. The American XL Bully Dog is a danger to our communities, particularly our children. It's clear this is not about a handful of badly trained dogs. It's a pattern of behaviour and it cannot go on. Yesterday, the new ban on XL bully dogs came into effect in England and Wales. That means that from February the 1st, it's illegal to own one of these dogs, except under certain strict conditions. Over the past month, 30,000 XL bully owners have been granted an exemption for their pets, but thousands more have been left in shelters facing euthanasia. The ban has resulted in countless dogs being sent north to Scotland to escape their fate at home. Sammy from the West Midlands has been on a frantic mission to save the XL bully, making four trips to Scotland to rehome around a dozen dogs before England banned them. And because of that influx, Scotland has now announced plans to restrict the breed, with the ban coming into effect there on July the 31st. So, without Scotland as a refuge, is there a risk these dogs could be sent here to Ireland? Here's dog behaviour expert Nancy Creedon. There are hundreds of XL bullies being shipped up to Scotland. I don't know, potentially a lot of them maybe went to Ireland too. And the ones coming into Scotland aren't being temperament tested. And it's it's a, the bleeding heart of let's save every single dog, even though they potentially could be aggressive dogs that do pose threats to, to human safety. I have a bit of a problem with that too. This outright ban has been criticised by dog lovers and animal welfare groups who say it's not dangerous dogs that people should be worried about, more like irresponsible owners. They always use the analogy of trucks, trucks and vans and cars. And that if you have an excellent champion driving truck driver handling a truck, I'd rather have to cross the road in front of that truck than a mini being driven by someone who's not even on their provisional licence and is after a few drinks. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, trainer Nancy Creedon on the dangerous dog debate. Is it nature or nurture? Nancy, a couple of years ago, I hadn't even heard of an American bully XL. And now it seems to me that every couple of months you'll hear a news report uh, of another attack by one of these dogs in somebody's homes, usually. Uh, Some have happened in Ireland, many in the UK. So can you tell me what exactly is an American bully XL? Is it like a registered breed, a mixture of breeds? What is it? So the XL Bully did become a registered, recognised breed in America. Um, I think it was in the 90s, in the early 90s. So basically, they're a newly made breed by mixed breeding um, pit bull terriers with British bulldogs or a combination of big, strong, muscular breeds. In my opinion, what they're trying to create with the quote-unquote XL Bully is a big, strong version of bully breed dogs. Um, so it's not a recognised breed in the UK, which is why with the legislation that's changing in the UK, it's a bit of a mess because they're trying to restrict a breed that doesn't exist. So they're coming up with all random criteria to say that dog is or is not an XL bully. And when you say they're big dogs, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Muscular, chunky, big, strong heads, big, strong jaws, 
big, strong bodies. And even more interesting than that, there was a very, very small sample study released recently looking at dogs' brains. And what they did was they looked at samples of brains of dogs, categorizing them by breed groups. And what they are finding initially in the results is that fighting breed dogs, so dogs initially or historically or at times bred for fighting, will have different characteristics in their brain compared to, like, say, herding dogs or uh, lap dogs. Uh, and what they're finding is that the areas for pain threshold is different to other breeds. And the, the area of the brain responsible for arousal and excitement is different to other breeds. And that early study does imply that dogs with those type of brains may be more predisposed to being good at or enjoying fighting behavior. Now, with that comes the disclaimer that every single breed of dog shows predatory behaviors and can carry out predatory behaviors and has been designed initially to be able to hunt and have that instinctual desire to run, chase, grab, shake and potentially kill. I mean, our little Jack Russell killed a bird out the back one day and I was traumatized for years. So when we multiply the size of the dog and the strength of the dog with being a dog, that when they see something running, they want to chase and grab it. It is potentially a recipe for disaster. And there are many individual dogs of every single breed that do not behave in a breed typical way. But it's important with science that we look at all the information and, and start to make kind of assumptions or, or understanding what's going on with information. And we need more and more and more information. We also do need to recognize that the initial information we're getting in the media is telling us that, yes, these XL bullies are responsible for these very serious dog attacks and obviously extremely serious fatalities. We don't hear any follow up. We don't hear anything about an autopsy to say, OK, that dog had a brain tumor or that dog had you know, a bulging spine or that dog actually was a boxer Labrador mix or that dog was a master. So so while I'd imagine the vast majority are correctly identified as XL bullies. We do need to take it with a tiny pinch of salt just in case because we're not gathering the right data. And tell me, when did they start becoming popular as pets in Ireland? Um, it's hard to tell because, again, they're a mixed breed. Uh, it's probably more over the last decade, decade and a half that they would have been importing what are classed as XL bullies in America over to the UK and Ireland. And what happens then is when you import a new breed, and you only have a small number of them in the country is you'll get a lot more inbreeding again. And again, with a new breed that you're creating, there's again a small gene pool. So when they are breeding XL bully with XL bully, there's less variety in that DNA. There's, there will be if you breed a Labrador with a Labrador. Do you know what I mean? Now, these dogs are obviously bought essentially, I suppose, as family pets. I mean, but what would it be like to have a family pet that's, you know, maybe 50, 60 kilos in the house. What, what would that be like? So generally, bully breeds are bred to be very friendly towards humans. They just, like all dogs, will get a real buzz out of chasing that cat or chasing that rabbit and grabbing him and shaking him like other breeds will. But but where the risk comes potentially is the size. So it goes without saying that if it goes wrong, there's more potential damage. And I always use the analogy of trucks. 
trucks and vans and cars. And the, if you have an excellent champion driving truck driver handling a truck, I'd rather have to cross the road in front of that truck than a mini being driven by someone who's not even on their provisional license and is after a few drinks. So if you're a family and you're bringing an XL bully into the household, if you're up to speed with current understandings of dog behavior and body language, if you do all the right things with that dog as a puppy, chances are that adult dog will be far, far safer to you and your family than someone who goes off and get a, gets a cockapoo from a bad breeder for their first time dog, do all the wrong things, see resource guarding happening, the dog's guarding the bone, the owner slaps the dog and takes the bone off them, then the child does the same thing and the child gets bitten on the face. That happens day in and day out in Ireland. So with every single breed and every single dog, there's potential risk. The more you understand dogs and you get a responsibly bred dog, the less the risk is there. But we can't deny the fact that the bigger and stronger the dog, the more potential damage. There's thought to be about 40 to 100,000 XL bullies in the UK. So how exactly will the ban work and what's involved? The restriction means that you either have, if you own an XL bully, you either need to go to the vets and have your dog put to sleep. You could rehome the dog up until the 31st of December and put it into a rescue centre, or you could apply for an exemption. An exemption means that dog's going to be assessed and someone official will say, yes, he's a friendly dog. He just needs to wear a muzzle and lead when he's outside. What's happening in reality, as someone who's living up in Scotland, there are hundreds of XL bullies being shipped up to Scotland. I don't know, potentially a lot of them maybe went to Ireland too. And that concerns me. Yeah, because we hear that there's a huge trade between Ireland uh, and the UK in terms of dogs. So there is every reason to suspect if, as you say, XL bullies are flooding into Scotland, there's every reason to expect that they are also coming here. Yeah, and the ones coming into Scotland aren't being temperament tested. And it's it's a, the bleeding heart of let's save every single dog, even though they potentially could be aggressive dogs that do pose threats to, to human safety. I have a bit of a problem with that too, because human safety will always come before animal safety or animal rights or keeping that dog alive. Um, and, and if people are surrendering their XL bullies, you wonder why. You wonder why, because if it's your family pet that you got as a puppy and you adore that dog, why aren't you getting it exempt? You know, and the other thing that's happening now in the UK is there's a massive surge in searches for Dago de Argentinos, which are not yet banned, which are another fighting breed. Big, big, big dog. <laughs> and that's what's that was what was predicted, that people will just who whoever wants a big, strong dog to look tough and look hard. They're going to just choose a different breed of a big, strong dog. They're going to encourage that dog to be aggressive. And there's going to be more risk of that dog than, you know, causing fatalities. So it seems as if this ban, the way it's structured, it's it's designed nearly to phase out XL bullies, yes. isn't it? Isn't that sort of the idea? Okay. Yeah. In Ireland, we don't have a ban on any dogs, um, but we have what's called a restricted list. What dogs are on that list? So we are restricted breed list, so we don't have any banned dogs, which is good. And Leo Vryker recently came out and said that there was no chat about potentially banning any breeds um, in Ireland. But we do have a restricted breed list. So that means if they're out in public, they need to be muzzled. They need to be um, on a short lead and they can't be handled by anyone over 16, under 16. Now, on that list, so we have the Pit Bull Terrier, the English Bull Terrier, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, um, the Bull Mastiff, Doberman Pinscher, German Shepherd, Rhodesian Ridgeback and a Rottweiler. 
But my concern is if we're saying these dogs just by being born are inherently more dangerous than other dogs, we're giving German Shepherds to children with autism. We're giving German Shepherds to people who are blind. It's it's not sensible to put a full restriction on a breed because that's like very similar to saying a race. And we can make stereotypes about different races and say, oh, yeah, stereotypically, if you see a group of Irish people in Santa Ponza that might be more drunk than the next table of German people, you can't say every single Irish person coming over here is going to be drunk and falling off chairs. So it's the same thing when we're looking at breeds. We're, we're looking at dogs that are massive assets to their families and, and potential amazing family pets and family members. And we're blanketing them all with the one with the one brush. But Nancy, even as it stands, um, you say we have no we don't have a ban on any dogs and you you gave a very long list of dogs that are on a restricted list and mm-hmm. you said, you know, they have to be muzzled, leash short than two minutes, all that. So there, there are rules in place. But I can safely say I don't think I have literally ever seen a muzzle on any dog. Yesterday in the park, I saw a man walking, a, a huge dog, German Shepherd, dog wasn't on a leash. He was, you know, just walking beside the dog. So that was breached. There was two breaches there. Um, But who's enforcing that? No one. There's no one enforcing it. There's not enough money going into animal welfare. There's not enough money going into dog wardens. Um, And there's no follow through. There's no follow through. One of the things I'd like to see implemented would be a national dog by prevention association that at least in every local authority, we had someone who's fully trained up in dog behavior that would then be the one responsible for investigating alleged breaches of legislation, investigating dogs that are potentially aggressive, investigating dog bites and dog fatalities, and then gathering the data and feeding that back into how we create legislation. More after this short break. At AJ Products, we're dedicated to delivering intelligent solutions tailored exclusively for your business needs. Spanning offices, warehouses, industries, workshops, schools and public spaces. Specialising in warehouse and project planning, we bring efficiency and sustainability to the forefront. Our offerings include versatile storage solutions and comprehensive office project design and implementation. With over 45 years of experience, we stand as your trusted partner in smart B2B solutions. To explore all we have to offer, visit ajproducts.ie and elevate your business with AJ Products. Now, this year, uh, XL Bully Dogs will be added to Ireland's restricted dog list. Um, But there seems to be a mismatch because there is nothing stopping anyone from acquiring a dog on the restricted list. So is that a mismatch or do you just say, no, actually... XL bully dogs, they're, they're, they're fine as pets once once you know how to handle them, once you know how to treat them. So there should be nothing to stop anybody acquiring them. I would, I don't know how realistic this would be, but as a, in my professional opinion, having an initial theory test for all dog licenses, very similar to the driving theory test, there should be a mandatory theory test to get a dog license, which will cover all the important information that dog owners aren't aware of, or they've been given the wrong information. And if they at least started with a blanket foundation knowledge of how to interpret dog behavior, how to respond to aggression, how to um, identify a 
puppy farm, how to ensure that you're doing the right things for your dog. While no, not everybody will take the test and no, not everybody will follow the advice. The general understanding of dogs and dog behavior will just skyrocket in Ireland. And then having perhaps a behavior assessment of dogs over a certain weight at 12 to 18 months to have them released from the restricted breed list, if you know what I mean, could be a potential option. At the minute, Minister Humphreys is looking at putting a shareholder group together or or stakeholders of of influential people in the dog industry or people who can analyse what's going on and put together suggestions for new legislation. Now, I have a bit of an issue here because she announced this a couple of months back um, and even previous to this when there was other announcements. I have been contacting and contacting her office. I've been contacting other ministers who have contacted her on my behalf and we keep getting blanket responses. We keep saying there will be a group put together. The, the members will be announced in due course. There's no reply to my question of saying, can I be on this panel? I, I'm Ireland's leading behaviour expert. I have a master's in animal behaviour. I, I, I perform expert witness duties in court. So I, I've gone to to Leinster House and I presented information on dog bite safety. I was asked to go there and give them advice. And I have a feeling that this is just another band-aid and nothing's going to be done. We don't know who's in this panel. We don't know what's going to be suggested. And, and we have an opportunity here to be ahead of the curve and to be pioneering. But I don't see anything happening, really, to be honest. And, and finally, actually, just something you, you you said there, if I could just pick up on it, um, as a dog behaviour expert, you've been in court. Could you give us an idea of those sort of cases, of one of those sort of cases? Like, like why would you be called? Why? One of the cases actually is very interesting to this topic. Um, so it was a golden retriever um, that quite badly bit a young girl, a nine-year-old girl on the back, lots and lots of stitches, lots and lots of treatment, and nobody saw it happen. Now, the judge actually instructed me to take that dog up to a playground and get footage of it around children, which for me was a little bit questionable, but we had to follow through and the dog was muzzled and we, and we took that dog to playground. My role was to come in and to assess that dog and see how likely do I think that there would be a repeat event where that dog would put teeth in human skin again. The dog did pass the behaviour assessment. We did all sorts of things to, to see what the dog's threshold was for coping um, with being poked and prodded and loud noises and around children and around screaming children and running children. What was more important for me with coming up with my decision of whether or not I thought that this dog posed a risk was the owner's responsibility and how seriously the owners were taking it. And the owners had padlocks on the gates. The dog was not allowed outside the the back garden unless it was muzzled and on a short lead and it'd be put straight into the car and they actually double had two leads on the dog and my understanding was that there was no one present the dog was chasing the little girl and there was a history with the little girl where she was known to kind of provoke the dogs a little bit as well and it possibly was just an opportunistic event from that dog the the responsibility that the owners were taking meant that it was highly unlikely that this would happen again and the fact that the dog did pass the behaviour assessment. However, if I had walked into court to represent the same case and it was an XL bully or a pit bull, it's highly unlikely that dog would still be alive today. But the judge agreed with my decision or my recommendations and and that dog is alive and never went on to bite again. That was several years ago. So, So I think that there is very much, we are conditioned to make different associations to different breeds. We watch it in the movie Beethoven has the Doberman as the bad dogs. The movie Up has the Doberman, the Rottweiler, the the British Bulldog as the bad dogs. I mean, we've got our lovely lassies and we've got our Marley and Mies. So society will be easily conditioned to what breeds are quote unquote friendly, what breeds aren't quote unquote friendly. 
I actually had a study. I did I did research into dog bites in Ireland um, back in 2017. Um, this was pre or first fatality. So since then, we've had three fatalities. Um, and at that stage, I was studying the I was looking at what were the characteristics of the dog bites. Uh, and we compared restricted breeds with non-restricted breeds. Uh, we eliminated small dogs because there's no small dogs in the restricted breed group. Uh, and what we found was that there was no statistical difference in whether or not uh, on the reason for the dog bite, on whether or not the dog bit again, on the body part of the dog bite, on the medical treatment, no statistical difference in the dog bites from restricted breeds and non-restricted breeds um, in regards to what medical treatment the dog, ne- uh, the, the victim needed. But where there was a statistical difference between the two groups uh, was whether or not the bite was reported. So when we hear, you know, journalists saying, oh, well, it's always the same breeds we hear about. Possibly that's because they're the ones getting reported and they're the ones the media pick up on. There was no news reports about that case that I just told you where the retriever bit the little girl. That wasn't interesting to the media. However, when we do have a Rottweiler bite or a German Shepherd bite, it does get picked up and it does get circulated a lot more, which does lead to conditioning and does lead to parents feeling that, okay, maybe this dog is out to get me. There's definitely no one shoe fits all. And putting bans on all breeds or restrictions on all breeds, while on paper, it means the government will say, well, that breed was restricted just because he wasn't muzzled and he bit someone. We didn't do anything wrong there. But speaking of which, the three fatalities that happened in Ireland all happened on private property. The legislation does not apply to private property. So really, the current legislation did nothing to keep those three victims alive. And in your knowledge, actually, what were the dogs involved in those three fatalities? What breed were they? So the first one, they were Doggo Argentinos. So they're the ones that the, the breed list is uh, or the Google searches in the UK are flying for Doggo Argentinos. They're big, big fighting dogs. Those dogs had actually killed a, a foal, a, a young a young pony recently before this. And they'd also killed the family's Shih Tzu. Um, so the young boy um, was killed by two Rottweilers, again, on private property. I think they were family members' dogs. And then the young baby that was killed recently, um, it was a Dachshund, so a very small dog. But yeah, small dogs can kill babies and small dogs do kill babies. So it needs to be taken super seriously. Nancy, thank you very much. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news... We'll be back on Tuesday.